Welcome to The Operating List. My name is Ibrahim and I'll be your host for today. Um, and for today's guest, I'd like to introduce Dr. Tejas Singh. Uh, Dr. Singh is a doctor at Townsville Hospital and he is also a research fellow at the Queensland Research Centre for Peripheral Vascular Disease at the School of Medicine and Dentistry in James Cook University. He is currently a primary health officer at, uh, in vascular surgery at the TUH. And after completing his MBBS at JCU, Dr. Singh also completed an MPH and is now currently undertaking a, a PhD at James Cook University. Dr. Singh is also extremely active in areas of research and has been awarded multiple grants um, from a range of organizations, including the Queensland government, he has also attended multiple conferences, both national and international, and he has continued his research work from very, very early on in his medical career. Now, I personally know Dr. Singh through common research interests, and we have worked together on certain projects over the past year. And Dr. Singh has been a great guide to me, and he has always taken the time out of his busy schedule to show me the ropes with regards to research, as well as taking the first steps towards a career in surgery. And I hope that everyone listening today will find his experience and guidance as useful as I have. So without delaying this any further, hi, Tejas, how have you been? Hi, Ibrahim. Thanks for the introduction. I've um, been good and um, hope everyone who's listening to this is also quite good today. Yeah, no, thank you for um, spending some time with me today. Um, I'm sure you're a pretty busy man. In terms of your current role right now, how, how's things, how's your job right now? Yeah, so at the moment, um, like you mentioned earlier, um, I'm doing a PhD, um, which initially I was doing alongside my um, uh, registrar job as a vascular surgery registrar. Um, and currently I'm more doing, uh, or more doing a um, full-time PhD role and a research fellow role in the Queensland Research Centre for Peripheral Vascular Disease. Yeah. Um, so I'll be done with that this year and then we'll be going back to full-time clinical work uh, from next year. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's the main thing I'm focusing on at the moment. Right. So you've gone from working sort of a full-time clinical role to a part-time research role and a part-time clinical role. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that, that's correct. So um, uh, as you know, it's very difficult to do um, research alongside clinical work. Um, yeah. Especially um, even as a medical student. It's a bit tough, and as a junior doctor, it also gets a bit tricky with some time management. Um, so there are avenues to support a part-time um, uh, clinical and uh, research job, yeah, um, which is through means such as like a grant or funding or um, specific jobs that Queensland Health um, advertises for. So yeah, I was just a bit lucky in getting one of those. Um, fellowships, which allowed me to do uh, part-time clinical and part-time research. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I guess I'll ask you a bit more about your work life and I guess research balance a little bit later on. But um, in terms of your sort of your journey towards vascular surgery as a specialty in general, can you just tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so... I actually got um, introduced to vascular surgery uh, as a medical student when I was um, in my third year, I think. And it was primarily the research which I got involved in initially. I was aware of what vascular surgery was and what, what sort of procedures they do, but I only got the um, opportunity to 
um, be involved in clinical procedures later on in my medical um, school around fifth or sixth year. Um, so before that, I had a fair, fair bit of um, knowledge about procedures um, through the research that I did. Yep. Um, and I did an internship um, rotation in vascular surgery and then did a residency uh, in vascular surgery, which followed as an um, unaccredited registrar after that. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've really enjoyed it thoroughly. So it's definitely something I'm interested in. And how has the research component of that, how important has that been um, alongside the clinical experiences you've got um, in terms of your decision to pursue this field? Oh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a big, um, a big factor, to be honest, um, because uh, I mean, as a, as a um, clinician, um, we're always taught to sort of be involved in research and understand research, understand evidence that we base our practice on. And um, there's a lot of things in vascular surgery which um, still need to be heavily researched in. Um, and a lot of things we still don't know about fully. So it's a good specialty in that way as an academic, um, if you're interested in really contributing something new to the field. Yeah. At the same time, you get to... Um, your clinical practice which is obviously it's got its own um, benefits and it's very satisfying so i think the mix of both is um, quite unique uh, in vascular surgery uh, and i mean it's a, it's a, every, everyone thinks um, that the specialty that they're interested in is quite good so i won't, I won't yeah, of course. boast too much about vascular surgery but it's definitely a very um very uh, unique specialty um uh, all this endovascular interventions as well as open surgery. So we have the mix of both. Um, I think that's quite interesting. Okay, yeah, that's a really good answer. Um, in terms of the sort of difficulties that you face then, because you've said that, you know, research has been a big part of it and the clinical experience really honed that uh, towards vascular surgery. But were there anything, was there anything that sort of prevented you or pushed you away from vascular surgery initially or even later on? Yeah, I mean, there's always um, a thought that, uh, you know, it's quite competitive, which it is. Um, but you just got to tell yourself that everything's competitive these days. Yeah, uh, of course. So, I mean, that's that's not a good enough reason to sort of give up. Uh, that's what I feel strongly. So, I mean, if, you, if you're really interested in something, then um, you should just hit hard at it. Obviously, be practical and try and have a backups if you can. Um, but at the moment, it gets very tricky because um, the CV requirements for a lot of surgical specialties are, are quite um, quite heavy on research and many other aspects as well. So you do have to invest a lot of time into it. And um, yeah, so but I, I still strongly believe that if, even though it's very difficult, you should still really push hard and try to get it. Um, at least, you know, you've tried. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so, you know, having said that, being a competitive field to get into, um, as with most surgical specialties, what did you do personally in your early years as a, a doctor, as well as your later years as a medical student that sort of put you in a position to be where you are right now? Yeah, so I think um, for anyone who's aspiring to do um, surgery, it's really important to look at the requirements to get onto training um, very early, definitely in your medical uh, medical school. So I, I I did look at that quite quite early on, 
Um, so each college has their own CV requirements. They're all yep. different. Um, and I strongly feel that you need to get involved in um, research and other aspects early on, preferably in your medical um, years, because uh, as an intern or a junior doctor, you really don't get the time to do um, research um, or other stuff that they require. It's just, it's quite difficult. And, and internship is a, it's got its own learning curve. Yeah, uh, of course. So it's very difficult. So there's a few things like um, people who don't, who don't who haven't done research before, it's very hard for them to start. So in that sort of situation, it's highly recommended that they undertake some sort of uh, research degree, whether that's um, by means of a master's or a PhD, or even an honors um, as a medical student. That's always a good way to start as well. Um, so that's, that's definitely very, very helpful to do uh, when you're a medical student. Um, and other things are obviously like trying to get into um, theater early on. So you sort of know what, uh, what sort of surgery you want to do, or even if, or if you do want to do surgery in the first place, I think the clinical experience um, is very important. And yep. uh, some medical schools, you get that very late, which is not very helpful. So it's always better to know um, about these things earlier on. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and you, you mentioned having a backup plan. So what was your backup plan then? Or what is your backup plan then if vascular surgery doesn't work out for you? Yeah, so I think um, I'm probably one of the odd ones that actually enjoy doing research. I think a lot of people um, who do research um, primarily for CV points really, really don't like it. And I can understand why. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do enjoy it a fair bit. So uh, something in the academic area would definitely be of interest to me um, if things don't work out. Or there's a lot of exciting areas these days, um, specialties um, like uh, like public health or um, you know there's so many things. Um, medicine is just growing all the time. So it's not it's not like um, a couple of decades earlier where there was only a few streams which you could choose. Right, it's quite a few now. So there's always something you can do, but um, yeah, it's just good to sort of give it a good shot at what you want to do. Yeah, that sounds good. And you know, having worked in that field for a while now, um, if you could change one thing about your current job or one thing about the journey that you took to get to where you are, what would that thing be? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think. Um, uh, yeah, so I think one one thing I would sort of change is um, uh, try to move around uh, more frequently as a junior doctor. Uh, I think this is something that's really, really important, uh, which I knew before, but uh, I wish if I could do things differently, I'd probably be the thing I wish I could do differently. Um, like I say, said earlier, the CV is um, quite, quite um, complicated. They They require many references um, from surgical consultants um, who are relevant to your specialty. And often, often you can't get this, the requirements just from one hospital. So you need to really move around. Um, a lot of people try to move around two or three different hospitals and uh, then they can tick the boxes. But people who stay in a single hospital, um, they unfortunately can't do that. And there's, all, there's always benefits of going to different hospitals. You get to learn different um, styles of practice. 
Yeah. And um, you need to know how to work with everyone. So it's always good to sort of get out of a bubble and just explore different places and learn more. Okay, that's really insightful. Um, and just shifting away from medicine in general, um, do you have any hobbies outside of medicine or aside from research? Yeah, so I do enjoy cricket. Uh, okay. Do, do enjoy cricket a fair bit. Um, I mean, other than that, it's just the usual stuff. Uh, not, not very unique other than that. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. And how do you balance these hobbies? I mean, clearly it's a, it's a demanding role and you probably don't have much time to do those things. How do you sort of have that life work balance? Yeah, I think it's really important to plan. And um, I won't say I'm the best planner, but I think um, it's, you need to sort of plan not too much in advance, but on like a monthly or six monthly basis and sort of tick off the things that you want to do. I mean, if you don't have a plan, then you're just going to, yeah, it's not going to work out. Things just keep on getting, keep on getting um, dragged on. And I think research has really taught me that. Um, the hard way it's been it's like research for research you need to really really pers persevere it's it's not it's not something which you can achieve overnight like a publication so you really need to um, plan ahead and i yeah. think that's how you that's how you can that's the only way to balance your personal life and you know your social commitments and your work-life balance i think planning is very key okay and has this sort of you know work-life balance has this changed from your time as an intern to where you are now and do you expect this to change in the future as well yeah so i think as an intern um because everything is very new uh you do tend to focus a bit more on your work and um some instances you take your work home which is always not a good thing because it yeah. impacts on your um your, your own um, personal life um, but that happens and it's a new job and you've got responsibilities so it's it's not unheard of but I think when you grow a bit more in your career you do feel a bit more at ease uh, for some people it's longer it takes years some people it takes um, not too long but um, I think that definitely um, helps you sort of grow um, and once you once you've cracked that, I think uh, you're you're much much more able to, you know, um, uh, manage everything inside yeah. your work and outside. Yeah. And in terms of your sort of social and personal and family life, aside from your hobbies, is that the same thing? Do you plan it, or do they take a hit, or how, how does it work for you? Yeah, I mean, like when I was doing full time um, uh, clinical. Uh, obviously it didn't take a hit. I mean, my family is not, not really um, in the same state as me. So I guess it's right. a bit different for me. I can't really, can't really say how it, how it would be, but um, I mean, like uh, sometimes you miss out on catch-ups with friends and whatnot, but yeah, it's a part of the game. And I think, um, I think that's one aspect, but I think you can always make up time for, for meeting up with friends and family. There's no excuse. Uh, I strongly feel so. Okay. Um, if, you, if you need to meet them, you need to meet them. So That's true. <laughs> <laughs> whenever it is, so it might not be when you're on call, but you can always plan it to be on your off-call days when you know you'll get out on time. So, um, yeah. Okay. And coming back to medicine, I guess, um, in terms of medical students who are interested in surgery, are there any key points of advice you'd have for them? Anything that yeah. you think is really important? Yeah. I think um, 
I think it's pretty important to um, really, really experience the specialty that you're interested in. I think a lot of people just say they want to do a certain specialty, but they don't really know what it entails. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing would be to read the requirements um, to get onto that particular specialty in advance. And when I mean in advance, I mean in medical school, if you can, if you know what you want to do. Um, yep. Because things are getting competitive and CV requirements are just becoming bigger and bigger. And you really need to know what you need to do because the CV requirements are not going to get ticked off overnight. So I, I strongly feel that that's something that medical students should start looking at. And it's all very easily accessible on the internet through the college websites. Um, and it's quite transparent. It tells you, often tells you how many points get allocated for a certain uh, thing. So like if you do a PhD, you get maybe four points. Or if you do if you do a publication, you get two points or whatnot. So I think those are the two main things I would suggest. And probably if you do get the chance to do a rotation in any sort of specialty which you may be interested in, do talk to the um, the seniors. So when I mean seniors, not the registrars, I mean the consultants. Because okay. Life as a registrar is always going to be very, um, uh, very, very horrible. <laughs> uh, but but you need to you need to know if um, you're going to enjoy what it's going to be like at the end. Right. Because that's that's what you're going to spend most of your life as. So it's always good to talk to the consultants and see how their life is. You know, what's their um, weekly routine. And I think that that gives you a good perspective on how things are going to be. I think I think every I think every registrar has a bad um, bad life, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah. So you've kind of answered about two or three of my following questions, but uh, just to delve a bit deeper into that, um, because when we when students, you know, we kind of go into a new rotation in a new department. Um, it can be a bit difficult to approach certain individuals. So how do medical students, how should they look to sort of take full advantage of a specific surgical rotation? Let's say they're in the rotation of their interest. How do they take full advantage of that while they're there? Yeah, so I think um, it's a good question. It's a bit tricky, um, especially in surgery, because more often than not, you don't see the consultants um, uh, on the wards and... Um, and um, areas out of theater. So the best way to get in contact would probably be try to um, come into theater and if you can, then scrub in, that's a bonus. Yep. Um, because that's often where you get the most uh, teaching time and you really learn a lot when you're scrubbed in. Um, now that's always very tricky because uh, to scrub in, you've got the consultant, then you've got the fellow and then you've got the registrars and then you're at the bottom as a student. Yeah. So, and you probably you know you've got the interns and the residents before you as well. Exactly, so it is a yeah. bit tricky, but I think um, if you if you sort of be actively involved in the team, um, so small small things that can help um, the team, say in their ward rounds and whatnot. And I think people do see that and they do recognize that. And it, it is it is very helpful what medical students do. People don't really talk about it. But I think it's quite helpful. And a good medical student can make your ward round. Um, quite, quite, um, quite nice and swift, uh, which is what you need in surgery. So I think if you if you do the right things, then um, uh, registrars or consultants will notice it, and they'll invite you into theatre to scrub in, and that's where you can start to get to know them and build a relationship. 
Okay, well, that's really nice to hear that. Oftentimes, uh, as medical students, at least personally, we feel like flies on the wall. But um, it's good to know we can make a difference, at no, least no, a little bit. Definitely, definitely can make a difference. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so you did mention this before as well, and you said ask the consultants about what the end goal looks like, you know, how their lifestyle is at that point. So, I mean, a common piece of advice I've gotten from a few people I've talked to, they've said that, a good way of looking at it is look at the things that are mundane or everyday things as part of a specialty or the bad things even rather than the one-off and amazing things that happen. So with regards to vascular surgery, what are the bad or mundane things of your job that you would want people to consider before they choose a field, uh, choose that field specifically? Yeah. So I think um, it's a good point. Um, I think, how do I put it? So, for example, like each specialty has its own, you know, cool operation. Like someone's like, like, like an open AAA repair or like um, a Whipple's procedure or whatnot. But yeah. um, they don't happen every day. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's the thing you need to sort of be aware of. I mean, it's it's like medicine as well, gen medicine. Like, uh, like you get these interesting conditions, but uh, the amount of times you see a pneumonia would be much more than that. So I think um, people do live for those sort of presentations, uh, which is which is nothing wrong in that. But just to be aware that it's not going to happen every day, and you're not going to have the same adrenaline rush every day. So yeah, it's, it's a good point to be aware of what the um, the bread and butter per se would be. So for example, in vascular surgery, um, uh, common procedures would be uh, lower limb, uh, lower extremity amputations. Um, diabetic foot uh, presentations, um, renal access, the big, big area nowadays. Um, and things like uh, aortic aneurysms, they are there, but they're not as common. And um, similarly, carotid artery disease, it is there, but it's, it's not something you'd be doing every day. Whereas, I mean, depending on the center that you work in, you can get a diabetic foot, you know, every second day or every day even. For, yeah. for a phase. So I think that's definitely uh, important to be aware of. So if you don't enjoy that stuff, then there's, um, there's a problem. So yeah, it's a good point um, to be aware of some of the bad stuff. And there's, there's so many bad things about every specialty. I mean, uh, it's a bit, bit hard to say, but a lot of the things roll, uh, uh, roll down to working in a hospital environment as well. So yeah. You do have to deal with admin. You do have to deal with you know, small, small things here, which is just, uh, just a, um, a nuisance, you know, they're a bit cumbersome. So, but those things, I guess, are in every specialty. So yeah, of course. Anything specific on that, yeah. Okay, that's a really interesting answer. Um, is there anything else you would specifically uh, think is, like, that you haven't mentioned already that you think I should have asked you about with regards to your field? Uh... No, I think that's it's pretty good. <laughs> Comprehensive. I, I hope it's helpful. So. No, this uh, is very helpful. Um, and just one final question. Is there anyone who you looked up to as a student or as a junior doctor? Um, and what was the reason for looking up to them in the first place with regards to pursuing your uh, field of interest? Yeah, I think um, uh, for me, I mean, as you probably know, it's um, Professor John Gollidge who... Uh, is a vascular, is an academic vascular surgeon in Townsville. 
Um, he's probably one of the few academic vascular surgeons in Australia, actually. Um, so, I mean, there's uh, many things to talk about him, but um, I'll keep it short. But his, um, his, you know, his work ethic, for sure. Um, he really uh, manages a lot of things and um, everything that he does, he's really committed towards. Um, and another thing about him is that um, the way he deals with his patients, um, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's, it's quite um, involved and um, always giving proper advice, which is evidence-based, uh, which I think is very important. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think uh, he would be the person to speak about. I think um, he's had a big, um, big influence on my career and he's been very, very helpful to me. Um, and uh, yeah, I owe a lot to him. Yeah, well, that's really nice to hear. Okay, well, thank you so much for um, having a chat with me, especially after your flight to Townsville. And I'm sure, oh, yeah, and I'm sure our listeners will definitely enjoy hearing about what you've had to say, and they'll definitely learn from the experience you've put forward. Um, and just to our listeners, um, please follow the operating list on our Instagram page, and please let us know if there's anything else you'd like to hear about from us in the future. And thank you, Tejas. I'll definitely uh, talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for the chat. Thank you.